Welcome to today's message from Refuge Point Church. We would love for you to join us for one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play. Now, here's today's message. If you have a Bible, why don't you grab it and turn to the book of Psalms, uh, chapter 13. So here's what I'd like to do over the next few weeks is like to highlight a ministry uh, that we have um, and that we have uh, been going for five years, I think. Five years, celebrate a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. And if we're honest and if and the case I'd like to make to you over the next few weeks is that uh, you could benefit richly uh, from a ministry like Celebrate Recovery. I think it comes with some stigmas that we have attached to it that, uh, and I'll be honest and frank with you, that, well, that's just for people who are addicted to alcohol and drugs. That, it was n- that is not, however, the reason why Celebrate Recovery uh, is here. And there's a tag phrase uh, that, they, um, that they have with Celebrate Recovery, and so uh, this isn't original. I didn't make any of this up here. Uh, called Hurts, Habits, and Hangups. Hurts, Habits, and Hangups. If you're breathing this morning, which you are, thankfully, uh, you've been hurt, or you have, you, you've been the recipient of hurt, or you've been the one that has hurt. Um, and if we're even a little bit more honest, you probably have some kind of habit that you've been trying to kick um, that isn't healthy for you. And this isn't just about a drug, or this isn't just about um, something toxic that you put into your system. Uh, this can be a habit to anything. Uh, and then you, which, which leads, honestly, to, to becoming a hang-up in your life. And the ministry of Celebrate Recovery is, is for all of us. And so my, my plea and my hope is that uh, maybe we can remove some of the, um, the stigmas we have with that ministry and perhaps move some of you into it. Uh, some of, let me rephrase that, some of all of us. <laughs> we move all of us into it. Because... Um, Right now, right, you ain't going to move Willie out. Uh, right now, uh, again, that ministry has been going for five years, which is pretty amazing. And uh, we have some leaders, but we need more leaders. And we have uh, some groups, but we need more groups. Um, and, and so this is just me coming to you, telling you what, what we got going on. And so I want to just take uh, these three phrases hurts, habits, and hang-ups, and talk about them over the next few weeks. And I want to talk about the first one, uh, which is hurt. Now, my parents can identify with uh, that idea of being hurt uh, because you've probably witnessed your children being hurt. And, and it's always like, it's always deep when your kid gets hurt because, as you know, especially when they haven't got to the age where they can communicate clearly. And so you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And, and I have spent uh, entirely too much money uh, in the ER. I haven't spent too much money on the orthopedic bills. In fact, I think I've probably paid him enough to where he could buy him a brand-new vehicle. And, um, in fact, I've paid all in total 
enough to pay for some child's college tuition because of my children and all of their hurts. Um, just recently, I uh, had to have one of their heads glued back together, and that's a true statement, and had to, uh, you know, just, it's just madness, right? And it's difficult because you watch your kid go through all these struggles, and they're hurting, and it's like, well, you can't do nothing but just, you know, take them to the doctor and, and hope for one day that they won't treat you wrong when you get old and put you in the nursing home, but they'll just, you know, treat you right because you've been treating them good their whole life. I feel better, right? That was just a little. I hope my kids hear that because I don't want to go to that place. You know, it's just, I don't know, depressing in those places. You know, life is is, is super unpredictable, um, and life is crazy. And, and the reality is, is that, you know, some of us, we have deeper hurts. You know, we have hurts from that were from a, a marriage that, that was just broken and busted and um, and maybe you are in a broken marriage or a broken relationship. Maybe you've been, um, you know, you're probably wondering, you know, was I supposed to be this old and still single? You know, and so some of you, you have a lot of hurts, and, and I don't want to make light of any of those. And, and I just want to say today's for you. This is Psalm 13 uh, gives us an extraordinary view and very complex, very complex in David's questioning of God that I hope will allow us to find some freedom from hurts and at least to move us um, to a point of healing. And maybe not even, maybe healing for you because maybe you're hurt because of a death or something. Maybe healing for you just seems like it's just millions of miles away. Maybe we could just at least take the first step in what David takes. And maybe not even healing, but I believe God wants to heal you. But maybe the first step for you is just to be able to trust God again even in the midst of your hurt, that trust that God's got this. Trust that God is going to take care of you. Trust that God, um, he's not going to abandon you, and he's not going to forsake you. And so David begins to ask some pretty complex questions. He questions God, and where are you? How long is this going to last? And then David kind of goes into this resolve of, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I call this David's bipolar prayer. Because if you read some of the prayers that David has, you'll find David, and, and some of the even scholars would believe that David may have even had some type of some mental issues going on because in one drop of the hat, he's saying, God, do you even care about me? Are you existing? Like, do you love me? And like the next sentence, doesn't even wait a paragraph. He's like, oh, but you are my strong, mighty arm. I mean, anybody else think that's crazy? I don't even pray like that. I, we, I at least wait a day. You know, I'm like, God, where are you? And then maybe like a day or two, I'm like, ah, oh, there you are, God. David's like, just drop at the hat. Just really kind of crazy with his prayer life. And if we're honest, that's going to bring a lot of uh, help and hope to us uh, in our hurts this morning. So Psalms chapter 13. And I'm just going to read the whole chapter. It's not, it's not long um, at all. It's just six verses. It says this, How long, Lord... How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long will I store up anxious concerns within me, agony in my mind every day? How long would my enemy dominate me? Consider me and answer, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes, otherwise I'll sleep in death. My enemy will say, 
I have triumphed, or you're, uh, I have triumphed over him, and my foes will rejoice because I'm shaken. But I have trusted. Here's where that switch goes really quick. I've trusted in your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance, and I will sing to the Lord because he's treated me generously. Now, as we look at this psalm, there are just two observations that I want to make in the first four verses that David gives us and I think can help us in our dealings with being heard. The first observation is that pain uh, and, and being heard is a very real thing, and it can last an extremely long time. Some of you are like, I thought I was going to be encouraged by this message. <laughs> All right, the encouragement will come later. But the reality is David is painting a very realistic picture to us that the first observation is that pain is real and pain can last a long time. And then the other thing that I want to point out to you about being hurt is that the pain that comes from the hurt in this life will drive you in a direction. It'll drive you in a direction. I want to look at the first part because it comes from this first verse that, that being hurt can last a long time and being hurt is a very real thing in the lives of every person. Verse 1, he gives us this question that says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? My boy King David is an extreme pain here. I mean, he's not, he's not saying, God, you're going to leave me for a day. And he just throws it out there with this prayer that he gives to God. God, you're going to leave me out here forever. I mean, this is a real prayer. This is a real emotion that David gives us. And I think that what this does is it frees us in our prayer life to God. That God wasn't scared of David asking him, where are you at, God? God wasn't scared and God wasn't ready to pour out his wrath on David by David asking this very real question, God, where are you? David went all Miranda style on God. Hey, back here. I, I need your attention right here, God. When, when the kids mess something up, I'm not going to use yesterday's example where Mafrika came out. But when she has an alternate, alternative ego. Her name is Mafrika. Don't ever, you don't want to meet Mafrika. Um, we're going to spend some time cleaning the house. The kids will come in, they'll mess it up, and she'll start. She's like, why did you do this? What's wrong with you? And then they'll leave, and they're like, oh, I ain't done yet. Get back over here and look at me, and you clean this mess up. This is, what, this is a real conversation that David is having to God. Think about that here. God, you, you turn in your face at me. You look right here at me. It's my turn. As if he thinks that God is playing some cosmic hide-and-go-seek game with him. He's like, God, I need, I need you to look at me right now. This is a real prayer that he's asking. Look at verse... Uh, look at verse 2, because it doesn't stop. How long will I store up anxious concerns within me? 
agony in my mind every day. How long will my enemy dominate me? You see, David is wrestling both internally and externally with some issues of hurt. He's turned to himself for the answer. He tried to look inside of him, tried to do some some, uh, internalizing here to see if there's an answer within him. He couldn't find the encouragement there. In fact, what he began to do here is begin to compartmentalize all of the hurts that he has, and he finds that that doesn't work either. Now, I'm going to talk to my men folk here because we are really good at compartmentalizing things. And we think we're just doing the world a justice by doing that. Well, I'm just going to keep to myself. I'm going to just, you know, just pretend it didn't happen. I'm just going to, you know, just kind of keep on going and act like things aren't going bad. And I'll just kind of internalize everything and see how I can just uh, inside of me find the own, my own answer. But I have found that the more you compartmentalize, the more things will inside of you begin to it's, it's like a volcano, like all the pressure and the pressure and the pressure builds and builds and builds. And then suddenly this, boom, this big eruption goes off. And I know this happens because I've done this. Compartmentalize so much to where it just builds this pressure and just builds all this tension inside of me. And then, and then what do I do? I just lash out on everyone that's around me. They've found that, hey, that didn't work either. Not only does he have this enemy within that could not resolve his soul, he's got some haters on the outside. I remember David's a king. So you got to know, man, there's so many haters out there hating on David. I mean, he's got these enemies that want him dead. Now, I know we got some enemies, and I know you probably got some enemies, and I don't know, maybe, you know, this is kind of a, a little crazy church here. You probably want some that wants you dead, but that, you know, I don't know yet, but I mean, this brother, they're literally after him. I mean, they got a bounty guy looking for this cat here. I mean, he's a king. They want him, they want him dethroned. So he's got these enemies all around him, and David realizes this. Say, God, are, are you, do you even care? How long are you going to allow these people, these haters, to continue to hate me? And so he's, he's wrecked in some of the most intimate areas on the inside and also on the outside. And he's asking the question, God, how long? You've ever asked that question before? Yeah. Hello? Yeah. How long? God, my time clock isn't going well here. How long, God, have you, have you forsaken me? And he continues. I mean, my poor David needs a hug at this point. So he shows that pain is real and pain can last an extremely long time. And here's the other thing about what hurt brings, is that hurt in life, it drives us to something. Watch this. Consider me and answer me, Lord my God. Restore brightness to my eyes, otherwise I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have uh, been victorious or triumphed over him. And my foes will rejoice because I'm shaken. When you've been in pain and you've been in hurt, let me ask you this question. Where do you go? Where do you go in your hurt? Where do you go in your hurt? Because you'll go in two different places. Listen now, listen. You'll go in two different places. You'll go either to somewhere that will cause you 
to sin, to try to, to try to cover up the hurt, and so you'll try to self-medicate, or you'll go to the Isle of Loneliness. David is going somewhere here, and David is trying to point to is that David is going to the Lord. David is going to him in an honest prayer. When you're hurt, listen, we've seen this. Going to the things that self-medicate you leads to the habits and leads to the hang-ups. And so here is David wanting us to see, I'm going to the Lord. And notice how he goes to the Lord because this is very non-traditional in how he goes to the Lord. Because we've been taught to go to the Lord, and, and, and honestly, we go to him with reverence, and please go to the Lord with reverence. We go with him with fear. We go with him knowing that he's got all the answers. But there's also an element to this that when you're going to the Lord and you're hurt, that you can go to him and be honest with where you are. Amen. Listen, watch what he says. He says, God, my faith is on the cliff, and I'm literally about to die. Death awaits me if you don't come and help me, God. God, the creator of the cosmos, is not a small God to where he cannot handle that real question. I mean, we, we've gone to, we, like, we think, like, oh, don't ask God that question. Don't, don't think you could ask God, where are you? Don't go to God with, with all your questions. He can't handle that. It just makes that you're just like some little unbelieving person. You're going to go to that bad place if you do that. What a weak, pathetic God that you serve if you don't think you can go to him by being honest with where you are. Pain and hurt will drive you somewhere. But my fear is that most of the time, pain and hurt drives us to self-medicate. And drives us to a place that's very dark. And so David is trying to point to us here in this text. I've got to go before the Lord. So what does he do? He takes his complaints to God. Now, I know that's contrary to what we do because we like to take our complaints and we like to lash out on the people around us. Amen? Amen. But notice what, notice what David is doing here. He's taking his complaints to the Lord, verse 5, but I have trusted your faithful love. My heart will rejoice in your deliverance. I will sing to the Lord because he has treated me generously. How can we move from being in our hurt to just simply trusting the Lord? David gives us this answer right here. But I've trusted in your faithful love. Listen to this. God's love never changes. This word faithful here is drawing us back to his covenantal love for us, a covenant and a promise that God made to David, that David through your, the Davidic uh, covenant, I'll make through your line, David, I'll set up a kingdom that does not end. Through you, David, you will die one day, but one day there will be a king that will reign forever. And so David here, when he's talking about, but your, your faithful covenantal love, it's almost as if he's having to remind himself of how faithful God has been to him. Sometimes you just got to go to your soul and remind your soul about how faithful God has been. 
Because it doesn't seem like God may be faithful right now, but you just got to remind yourself of God's unchanging, God's faithful love for you. He's been faithful to you before. Why would he stop? You know how I can move from being hurt to this level where I trust God? It's because I know that his love never fails, and I know that he is faithful. That's how I can do this. Not in my own doing, not in my faithfulness, because I can tell you I'm unfaithful to the Lord many times. But God, I have to remind my soul how faithful he's been. Remind my soul of how faithful God has been. So he points to us that God's love is his, his covenantal, his faithful love. And then, then look what he says, that God's salvation is sure. David wanted to know that God was there. And this thing about salvation is that it guarantees that God's always right there, even though the haters were there, even though the situation was, was dire, even though David is in this level of, I'm going to probably die if, God, you don't move. He's reminding him himself of God's salvation and how sure it is that God will be there with him, even in the darkest parts of night. And then this other thing that God's grace knows no boundaries. It knows no limits. Like we sang that song this morning. It was so beautiful. That God, His grace knows no limits. Now, depending on what version that, that you're reading, um, in verse 6, we'll either say, I will sing because he has dealt bountifully with me or because he has treated me generously. Now, I'm not, sure, I'm not sure what just happened to the microphone, but I'm not sure uh, which, which one you have uh, right there. So, so he has dealt and treated me uh, with generosity. In other words, that God has rewarded him or compensated to David something that he has not earned. So God has given him something uh, that David did not even deserve. And do you know what that is? His grace. Here is an image of grace. <laughs> Before grace was even an idea, in David's prayer, he's giving us this idea of grace. He is talking about how God has dealt bountifully to him. Now, I don't know what's going on with this microphone. Am I changing mics? Just give me another microphone, Daniel. Here it is. I think I got it now. He's good for something. I think he, I think we'll, I think we'll keep him. He's a keeper. He's a keeper. Grace. God has rewarded and compensated David with something that he didn't deserve. Think about that. David's asking God, where are, you, where are you? And David says grace. And God says grace. David is shaking his fist in the air. And you know what God says? Grace. How long, O oh Lord? And, and God says, my grace. You know how you can move from, from being hurt 
to just at that level of trusting God again because His grace. Amen. How long, oh Lord? Is it going to be forever? I, here's, the, here's the answer. I don't know. But His grace will sustain you. How long will you go through your trial? How long will you go through your situation? I don't know. But God will give you the grace to go through it. How long, David says, I'm on the verge of dying. God says grace. This question reminds me, this question David poses reminds me of how long, O Lord, of the late great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in his speech in Montgomery, Alabama in 1965. And he asked the question in the face of racial injustice. He asked that same question. He says, how long, O Lord? Martin Luther King Jr., he says, how long? Not long, because a lie can't live forever. He says, how long? Not long, because you'll reap what you sow. How long, he says, not long, because the arm of the universe is long, and it bends towards justice. Martin Luther King says, it goes on, he says, how long? Not long, because mine eyes have seen the coming of the glory of the Lord, trampling out vintage of where the grapes of wrath are stored he says uh, that he has loosed the faithful lightning with his swift and mighty sword. His truth is marching on. And I ask that same question, how long, O Lord? And I answer it the way Dr. Martin Luther King answered it, not long. How long will you hurt not long, because he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it. How long? Not long, because I, I, I consider this present suffering not even compared to the eternal glory that awaits me, Paul says. How long? Not long, my friends. Because David would later say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. How long? Not long. Because justice will roll down like waters in righteousness. How long? Not long. Because even though you may see death all around you, my Redeemer lives and He has conquered sin and death. So how long? Not long at all. So David asked this question, how long will I hurt God? And you may be asking that question, how long will I hurt God? Not long because grace there and grace is with us when we do celebrate recovery every Thursday we try to answer that question like we're hurting here and whether that be through you've been the recipient of hurt or you've caused the hurt we answer that question and so I want you to understand about that ministry that it's not just about you coming in there with, with some type of uh, addiction or some type of hang-up that's keeping you from reaching uh, the fulfilled life that God has for you. You've been hurt. You've experienced death in your life. You've experienced some kind of trauma in your life. 
And we answer that question, how long will you hurt? Not long. Because of God's grace. How long are you going to be hurting? I don't know, but I, I know it's not going to be too long because it's grace. So maybe you're, we, we've dealt with hurt. We've dealt with pain. We've dealt with uh, injustices all around. I mean, turn on the news and there's hurt all around. Like I was sitting there watching the news this past week, and I was watching all the people being interviewed from the tornadoes. And I found myself asking that question that David asked, God, how long? A six-year-old, an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, gone like that. And I asked the question that David asked, God, how long will this last? How long will this last? Not long, friends, because it's grace. And not long, friends, because one day my God will return to us and for us, and we will reign in eternity with him. And I don't know when that day is, but I know it's not long. Let me pray over his father. I thank Thanks for tuning in to Refuge Point Church's broadcast. We hope you were both challenged and encouraged by today's message. We would love for you to join us at one of our exciting worship gatherings each Sunday at either 9.30 a.m. or 11.15 a.m. We're located right off of I-85 in downtown West Point, Georgia. For more information, check us out online at www.refugepointchurch.org. Or you can download our church app by searching for Refuge Point Church in iTunes or Google Play.